Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you attract and retain that top talent, we can help. Check us out to build a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. I'm back again, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host, Al McDonald. And I got to tell you, Al, the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about your challenge, your bike riding challenge that you've been doing for all of August, and you've still got a ways to go. But there was an announcement the other day where if people donated, you know, it would be matched. And I'll let you talk about it. The number you posted blew me away, and I couldn't be prouder of all the work you've done and really thankful to all the people that contributed to it. But I won't steal your thunder. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely. Thank you. That's a great lead in. Yes. The Great Cycle Challenge, the month of August. I've been on my bike, and one day in the month, there's a, a match component where there's a donor from their side that matches all the donations for the day. So we put that out there. And at the end of the day, make a long story short, we raised about $5,000 in one day, just under so and now it's been a, a few more donations come in. So it's up over 5200, which uh, obliterated the target of 2500. And yeah, there's still two weeks to go at this point. So who knows? Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Incredible. Well, keep at it. And hopefully we'll get you some good weather and you won't get rained on again like you did last week. Well, joining us today, I couldn't be more excited. I love the intros we get on this podcast and people we get to talk to. Al will get the reference of the things we get to do. That was a conversation we had with Christiana Hurley quite recently, and I'm really excited about this one. So joining us today is Erin Maines. Erin is a passionate brand strategist, marketer, and entrepreneur. She is the founder and CEO of one of Canada's fastest growing online gifting companies, Foodie Pages, where she and her team made it their mission to freshen up the traditional corporate gifting industry. A graduate of the Queen's School of Business, Erin spent many years leading national strategy and marketing initiatives for Canada's largest restaurant, restaurant group, sorry, prior to founding Foodie Pages in 2013. She is an advisor and champion for emergency food and beverage entrepreneurs, and she lives in Toronto with her husband, two daughters, and son. Welcome to the show, Erin. Hi, thanks for having me. Any shout outs you want to do? Like sometimes we get shout outs to moms, we get shout outs to kids, not many for husbands, but you know, <laughs> we'll leave it up to you. you know, I work with my husband now, so that's a whole other story. But he joined Foodie Pages about a year ago, so I will I'll give him a little shout out if he ends up listening. Well, now that you've revealed that, I was going to go in mm. a different direction. So now I got to jump on that one because I've always wondered about that. And we have that within our company, too, so we can speak to our, our experience. But what is that like? First of all, what's it like working with your husband and what's your experience? And what advice would you give to people about perhaps working with a spouse or working with a family member? So before we took the jump, definitely heard from a lot of 
people that we were crazy. And why would you want to do that? And it was interesting. A lot of people had a lot of reservations. So we, we took the plunge. We were excited about it. I started Foodie Pages 10 years ago. So my husband, Tom, he's been kind of along for the ride on the side, very aware of kind of the evolution of the business. And I have to say that I think working with him has been, I mean, sure, we have our challenges, I'm not going to lie. But overall, it's been amazing because I don't think you can find someone who has the same interests, kind of an alignment in terms of where you're going at the end of the day. So just like the trust and the kind of alignment kind of like in lockstep, not only in our personal lives, but now in our professional lives is like very cool. And that's the bigger picture that we kind of stay tuned in to when we have different ways of thinking or different ideas day to day around, you know, foodie pages and growing the business. Well, we can definitely speak from experience. Robin is well aware. We have my wife joined our team not too long ago. And that was a tough decision. And I had kind of, you know, purposefully held out against that of broke bringing family in. But it's been a great addition. And she will Mm -hmm. hear this because she edits the podcast. So she will hear this. And I think it's been a great addition. And I think in hindsight, I kind of wish we'd done it earlier. And I totally understand what you say about aligning those values, because if you've been married for someone for 30 years, you probably have values that are aligned. And then when it comes over into business, it makes it a bit easier. I was just going to jump a little further on that because it, it did take Al quite a while to get his head around that. And she has been one of our best hires, Karen. And I just wanted to touch on that alignment. And I guess it's because, you know, Al goes home and she will, Karen will hear Al talk about it, but there we get that alignment as well. And I feel like, you know, Karen, even though she works for us, I feel like she operates as if, and I guess in a way she does have equity in the company. Right. There's a very much a a work ethic there and a want to succeed and want the company to succeed. So I hear what you're saying, Aaron, because that's what I've heard for many times. Oh my gosh, never work with the spouse, never work with family. But I've seen so many instances. We were recently sitting down and we recently actually did a tour with Kaylee and Ed from Gibson Pools. And their son works for them as well. And then now it's a third generation into the company. And just the culture and how well they work together and understand each other and what they're trying to accomplish was just a marvel to see. So I think if the fit is right and you can kind of understand that we're trying to do this together and then we're going to have certain times where we're going to separate work, I think it can actually work really, really well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like any type of a working relationship, like at the start with a new hire, you would have kind of identified expectations and ways of working. And I think often with a personal, like a family member, a friend, you might kind of rush ahead of those things, but you need to take the same kind of due diligence and not skip over those things if you want a successful outcome. So I think treating it like any type of other professional relationship in that way is pretty important as well. Aaron, why don't we jump into a little bit about your company, Foodie Pages? What should we know? Tell us all about the company. So Thank you for asking. So Foodie Pages, we are an online gifting company and we want to be kind of the go-to destination for gifts with meaning and impact. We work with a lot of HR leaders, people teams on employee appreciation and recognition initiatives, all within kind of the greater objective of creating connected cultures in the workplace. So yeah, I mean, we create gift boxes. That is the core of our business. So you might look at us and think we're a gift basket company. 
But at the end of the day, we are a conduit for connection with whoever you are sending these gifts to. And that is something that we are extremely passionate about is creating connections. So tell us a little bit more when you say connected culture, like what is it that you mean by that? And you know, what's the difference between that and just sending out like a gift basket, just like you said? Well, I guess let's start about like what a gift basket, what you think about when you think of a gift basket. Gift baskets have been around for like 50 plus years. It's kind of a traditional gift. I would think a lot of people think about it as a more traditional gift. I don't know. What do you think about when you think of a gift basket? Well, we use them sometimes I, yeah. and we get them. And sometimes I do wonder, you know, it makes you wonder, hey, you know, did it hit the mark, right? Was oh. it the right thing? Or was it just kind of like one of 10 that's piled up somewhere? So that's kind of our feeling. We're setting out to reinvent the gift basket and freshen it up. Gift baskets, traditionally, they come in a basket or a single use tin and there's lots of cellophane. So this is something that our team has thought why does that happen in 2023? Like who's asking for the cellophane and the single use items? Like we're all trying to be more, you know, conscious about our, our footprint and the environment. And then the items inside the gifts themselves tend to be kind of generic mass produced brands and they don't feel very memorable. So we're totally reinventing every aspect of the gift basket from the packaging. All of our packaging is eco-friendly, made from recycled materials, fully recyclable. I could go on and on about our packaging, but most importantly is like the types of products that you will find inside. So we have a hundred percent Canadian supply chain. We source from Canadian small businesses, not only food and drink businesses, but apparel and like swag for lack of a better word, wellness, home, we source across all product categories. And we really seek out items with stories and, and incredible brands that we can share through these gifts. And so when we talk about creating a more meaningful corporate gift, we will work with our clients and come up with bespoke gift collections that include items that reflect their brand values, their company values, or whatever their message that they're trying to communicate. So that on the recipient side, it does feel like there has been a lot of thought and intent with the gift. And then our cards, that's the most important part is we offer handwritten gift messages and just making sure that the card and the messaging that comes through there, whether a company is communicating some key information about brand values or a big announcement, the card is like the centerpiece. And we often hear from our clients that, you know, people aren't reading their emails anymore and things get missed. But when we send something like it's like a piece of direct mail going directly to someone's doorstep with this message on top, it has the attention. And that is very valuable in today's world where there's so many distractions and it is hard to capture people's attention. Erin, are you finding that you're doing a lot of work with other companies that are trying to enhance the culture with their team, with their employees, with their staff? Or are you doing more work with companies that are trying to deliver something to their clients or a little bit of both? We probably do equal amounts of both. I think definitely like since the pandemic, companies are kind of grappling with employee retention and engagement with people working from home or hybrid workforces. And so it's been very clear to us and in the clients, the people teams that we work with, that if you want employee satisfaction, retention, loyalty, high morale, engagement, like you need to create a connected culture. 
And how you do that is number one, showing your people that you care about them as people. Number one, that's basic. And number two, showing your people that you care about the same types of things that they care about. So this is a huge opportunity for people teams to recognize employee personal and professional milestones, for example, with a small gift. It can be through other ways too, but gifting is certainly a tactic that you can use very wisely, as well as making sure that employees feel welcome and seen and valued before they even start their first day. So we do a lot of new hire welcome kits as well that are a huge opportunity to just, again, like break through the noise and make people feel seen and valued from day one, as well as the sense of connection with the company that they're coming into. Well, can you imagine your first experience is this welcome gift pack and a customized letter that says, welcome to the team compared to, hey, show up at the office on you know August 17th and get started. Here's your computer, get going. Like what a different experience. You touched on something earlier in your answer there. And I just want to go back to it. When we went through the pandemic, everybody went remote, of course. And now every company we talk to are struggling with, what do we do? Do we stay remote? Some people have sold the office, got rid of it. Let's go fully remote. Others have said, no, we've leased this space. We're in a lease for 10 years. We have to get everybody back in full time. And then you have the people doing the hybrid. But I remember hearing stories, like story after story. And I know I felt it too. This loneliness set in, right? And people were disconnected from each other. And I I won't get into it here, but I heard some horrific stories of people and what happened when they were just left alone and their whole world was just taken away from them. I guess my question is, how do you, because I see an opportunity with your company to create those connections and make sure people know that they're cared about and they're valued and they're seen, as you said, like, where do you see the opportunity here? Yeah, the loneliness epidemic. I feel like we've all felt lonely at one time or another, but to know the magnitude of this epidemic through actual science and research is pretty incredulous to see. So a few months ago, the U.S. Surgeon General released a report saying that there's a loneliness epidemic in America. And the stats are staggering. The stats around anxiety and depression are at all time highs. And we know there are physical and emotional consequences. So in his report, he said the physical consequence, it's equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. This is crazy, right? Like loneliness is toxic to human beings. So in this age where we are more connected than we ever have been before due to technology, we're being told to work from home, shop online, make friends online, social media, we're connecting, we're networking online. There's a huge lack of real authentic connections. And I think that we're seeing even in the younger generations, I'm an elder millennial, but in Gen Z that they don't know how to build connections in real life is what the research and studies are showing. And they're feeling lonelier than anybody else as a generation. So we feel like this is a massive mission for us to get behind as a small company, but it's in combating loneliness and helping people feel connected. So number one, our mission focus is making people feel seen, known and valued. And number two, it's about thinking less about yourself and more about other people. So whether you choose to send a gift or pick up the phone or send a text, 
reach out to other people. Other people are lonely and you don't know what season of life someone is walking through. You can't see that yourself. So I think the power behind that simple action is incredibly inspiring to us and something we want to kind of get behind, you know, the fight against loneliness. Erin, I can tell you're passionate about your company, number one. I can tell you're passionate about connection as well. And you're passionate about people. And I'm getting that from this conversation as well as our last one. I got to ask you, like, where did this come from? Like, where did the idea for the company start? Like, maybe walk us back in time. How did you come up with the idea? And here you are 10 years later, still talking really passionately about your mission. Where did that all start? We started 10 years ago and we launched as a totally different business. We launched as an Etsy style of marketplace, connecting small food and drink businesses with consumers. And so at the time I was working a corporate job, I was living in a new city and I was meeting a lot of small business owners in my neighborhood. I was going to farmer's markets and meeting these business owners. And so the passion really kind of started there with seeing how hard it was for these businesses to grow and scale. They lack time, resources, capabilities, like any small business, right? In order to kind of grow awareness, grow new sales channels. So that's where the idea for Foodie Pages started. It was like the Yellow Pages. It was like, wouldn't this be amazing if there was the Yellow Pages? I don't even know if that exists anymore. But wouldn't that be amazing if there was a place where people could go and discover all of these incredible small businesses? So we launched there, but fast forward a few years, especially around holidays, we would get a lot of requests for our curation of packages that would feature a variety of these businesses from coast to coast. And over time, our sales mix really shifted very strongly to these packages. And we ended up relaunching entirely as a gift basket business. And it was with the pandemic where we really saw the corporate gifting side of our business grow exponentially, I would say almost overnight. Because as you say, Robin, this kind of mission of connecting, which we've always done, was needed in like a whole new light with the pandemic and people not being able to connect in real life, whether that is with your clients or your colleagues or your family. So it's interesting to see we're humans. We're here to connect in real life at the end of the day, right? Like that's what the human experience is about. But it's interesting to see, I think, how really important this idea of connection has become over the last couple of years. There's some bigger things at play that are really changing how people connect in society. I want to swing back a little bit to something you said earlier. I, I do recall reading that report that you referenced from the Surgeon General and, and the equivalent of you know 15 cigarettes a day. And about the same time, I think I was talking about that with someone else. And they mentioned in terms of offices coming back to work and that, that you know after two years, people had to relearn how to interact with people. That had disappeared for two years. And we got so used to working from home that we had to relearn just how to talk to people on a regular basis and get to know people again after working remotely for two years. So it's interesting that you brought that up. And I think it's even more interesting for us being older and knowing like the way of life before technology and after technology, but generations to come, they are only going to know one way. And so this is where it's like the jury's out on really like the long-term impacts of us as a society, as we continue to kind of disconnect in real life. And so again, like you can't underestimate how powerful these small gestures are, whether it's connecting in real life, texting someone, calling, like just reaching out in a more genuine and authentic 
way than an online kind of connection. I'll jump in there because we're almost getting to the point for Al's signature question, but I did want to ask you because now we're on a good topic and, you know, we've all lived through a stressful time and as much as people say, hey, we're through, it's still a stressful time for people. You know, Al and I and, and Joe, we're running a company, we're making decisions in the best interest of what we think is right, but there was no playbook. Like we're all recovering. We don't know. We've talked about this many times. Al, there's no surprise. Anyone who knows him, he knows his Zen time is on his bike. For me, during the pandemic, I built the basement gym and that is my time. I put on a podcast and that's my time for an hour when I hit the weights. And for everybody, it's different, whether it's reading or listening to a podcast or going for a walk or, or whatever, walking the dog. What do you personally do, Aaron, to take care of yourself outside of work to ensure Yes, the business is important and everybody else is important, the employees, but what are you doing to make sure you're taking care of yourself? It's a great question. I think like I was extremely lonely at some points during the pandemic and also overwhelmed with, I have three young kids. So trying to navigate these massive changes in my business, which were very scary in the early days, while also my second child was less than one years old. And since then, we've had another child. So we have three now. I used to put my AirPods in and I would run as far as I could. And that sounds similar to you, Robin, but I would never liked running before the pandemic. I would never have thought of myself as a runner. Now I am a runner. And that's the only thing that will clear my head. I don't think about anything else. Listen to a great podcast. That is like my jam. And I feel, yeah, in this world where it's so busy and overwhelming, a lot of these big like societal, environmental, political problems, like let alone on like the microscope of just managing your day to day. There's a lot of, you know, obstacles. And so to have that time for mindfulness and disconnect is so important. And I definitely try to get mine in every day. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got to, I schedule it in. I treat fitness like it's my job. So five days a week, I generally take off Friday and Saturday from fitness, but Sunday through Thursday, it just has to be done. It's scheduled in there and it's just got to be done. So I think it's important we all have that escape and know that it's okay. Like the work is going to be there afterward. The rest of life is going to be there afterward. You deserve that time for your own mental and physical health. So great answer. Well, we have arrived at the point in the podcast where I cannot recall if we shared this question with you in advance, but hey, listen, we'll throw it out there and we'll see where it goes. Al, I will let you take away your signature question. The question is, a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any proverbial trees that you might be planting? It's a great question and pause for thought, right? I think when you think about what we've talked about, gifting and connection and loneliness, the bigger idea here, and there's a quote, I might get it wrong. It's about humility, the quote. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. So I feel like that's the proverbial tree here. It's being a reminder to reach out to others, to care about others, remind people that you care and scheduling that into your calendar the same way you would time for yourself and self-care. Scheduling in, I'm going to block five minutes and quickly reach out to someone I haven't actually connected with in a real way to nourish that relationship and maintain that relationship. So we want to be part of this bigger movement of reminding people that you care and knowing it could have more of an impact in someone's life than you ever know. That is a great answer. And Robin has said it many times. The name of this podcast is Success Leaves Clues. 
And you just left a big one. I loved what you just said about, you know, why don't we take time? Robin just said, schedule fitness, right? We schedule this, we schedule that. Why don't we take five minutes to schedule in our every day that, hey, let's just reach out to someone I haven't talked to for a while. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, you just left me a clue and a a great reminder. So I'm sure some other people will get that great reminder in this as well. So Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your journey. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Foodie Pages? First of all, thank you for having me. And I'd love to connect with people who are interested in showing people that they care through gifting. So you can check us out at foodiepages.ca or follow us on Foodie Pages CA on LinkedIn or Instagram or any other social network. Perfect. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, success leaves clues. We'll see you next time.